Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 278. And away we go. What you get shot for? Is that the message you got? We about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Oh, so take a shot. Oh, yeah. I'm a street breaker. I'm a heartbreaker. This is my dawn. I'm a more razor. Rick Flair ain't a boy about to seek and destroy. It's an SOW. Let me hear you make noise. Take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of A Shot of Wrestling. I'm your host, at Michael J. Putty. This time, not joined by Marcus Schwann. I think he is somewhere licking his wounds. So joining me, the OG, good friend of mine, Green Man. What's going on, buddy? How you been? Well, if you're ready and willing, Michael J. Putty, I'm Abel, a.k.a. the Green Man. Happy to be here, man. Like, these last uh, 24 hours have been rejuvenating me in the world of professional wrestling. I we just came back from our independent show at Outlaw Wrestling over at Queens Brewery and it was a blast, man. I thought, I thought it was uh Abel now. I thought you're changing the pronunciation of your name. <laughs> we talked about that. Yeah. Yes we did. There's so many uh wrestlers out there now who change the pronunciation of their name. Not the spelling, uh, just pronunciation. No, no. Brandy L- Loren Genius. now, Genius. not Brandy Lauren. Nope. Um, who else? Mustafa. Uh, QT QT Marshall. Yeah. Not QT Marshall. QT Marshall. So I'm um, Abel the Grian Man. Like it. It could work. Let's see if we make it stick. We can make it stick. I will. We'll try, try our best. I think uh, you know what it is. It's a very heelish thing to do. Do you, you when you have to correct someone? Mm, you yeah. know, so it's like, hey, True. Abel, do you mind coming over here? I'm like, hey, it's it's a belt, yep. okay, okay. Do put some respect on the name, okay? But uh, yeah, great time. Now we mentioned Mark Schwann earlier. Again, he's not here for quote unquote various reasons. But I was talking to you. I think he's chicken. I think he's chicken. Chicken shit. I posted the two uh, things on my Instagram. See, I changed the name for that for you too. And. It, <laughs> Like, Mark Schwann has been wrong four times in one week. Yeah. Exhibit A. But all hail Queensland and Vega, please. It's going to be Shayna Baszler. No, it's not. It, 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 it just, all hail the queen. In what world Selena does Selena Vega. Vega have a shot in hell against Shayna Baszler? Zero. Zero. Plenty of chances against Dewdrop. Dewdrop is not going to win that. I think she will. I am willing to put money on this. So am I. Okay. I ask you... Let's put 50 bucks against Charlotte Flair going to this triple threat. You said, no, I don't have the money. Now you want to bet? Let's bet something. I didn't say I don't have the money. I said, I don't want to uh, bet. Let's bet something right now. Do drop. Zelina Vega in the finals. And, you, and Zelina Vega wins? Yes. All right, 50 bucks. Can we do like 25? <laughs> I already owe you 60s from the fucking <laughs> All right, 20... debacle that was North Bergen, New Jersey. 25 says that does not happen. So you're saying do drop, Zelina Vega in the finals, Zelina Vega wins. I am saying no. So there you have it, folks. He swore since the brackets were released that Shayna Baszler was going to win this. How could you not see this, putty? How long have you been watching wrestling? This is made for Shayna Baszler. Uh, I don't think so. 
I, I actually disagreed with him. God forbid. Good for you, by the way. Good I'll, for you. I will for standing your ground. Thank you. It wasn't since day one. I was kind of torn between Zelina Vega and Carmella, so I waited for their match. Mm. And then I figured Zelina Vega and Dewdrop in the finals only makes sense. Again, I was met with hesitation, to which we put a bet on it, Market uh, Abel. I might do that a couple times in the show. We made a bet. <laughs> we made a bet, and he said, okay. To me, that means it's confirmed. I mean, the listeners uh, of the show could easily say that you two made a gentleman's bet yeah. for $50. 25 I changed it to 25 to be nice. Did you? No, yeah. $50. I think uh, you should keep it at $50. So that's twice he was wrong. Then he swore for weeks. Weeks! <laughs> Charlotte Flair is going to get involved in this triple threat match because it's making sense. To his credit, they're kind of leading us there, the way she was involved with the other three women. But in Oh, my the God, end- he even made... He even made your co-host Rob Williams on that show kind of be like, oh, that's actually a good idea. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that, you know what? I want that to happen now. Yeah, He's again, convincing people left and right to be wrong. Again, it was wrong. It's made sense on paper, but the fact that there, Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, both switching shows, both champions, didn't make sense in the context of professional Correct. wrestling. So I, that, I disagreed with him, and he was like very insulted that I disagreed with him. Again, questioning my wrestling intelligence to the point that like I you haven't been watching wrestling for years. Then here's another clip. So this is where me and Mark differ in opinion here. I'm assuming it's still going to be a triple threat. Becky will probably win. Becky Charlotte swap belts like they did last year. Mark is convinced Charlotte's going to join this match. It's going to be a fatal four way. What do you? How do you? I work? like it. I like oh, it. We like it. Yes, it's going to be a good match. We like it. Is it going to happen though? Do you see it happening? Yes, dude. That's my, I just had like a like my brain explode. <laughs> she's a, she's a, she's not she's not booked for anything, right? She's not booked no. for anything. And, and here's the thing, oh, you know she's the done. the past couple of weeks, you know she's inserted herself into the storyline, and now on Raw, we're going to have this tag match. So what do you do? Is just it so? What do you do? What don't do the belt swap? Don't do the belt swap. They've done that enough times. Like with it, even with the agreed tag belts, like they've done it too many times. Just don't once. do that. Just don't once. do that. So was it winner no, take all? Like the winner take all? Co- I would, prof- I would like to see winner take all. They did it. Like, don't, like, yeah, once. Again, the only out- logical outcome of this was that they switch belts. Switch brands, you switch belts. Again, makes method, sense. method hesitation. So, Markish, Scrawn, fourth strike, you are out. Don't ever question my wrestling intelligence again. Uh, so He was so smug and confident, too. Yes, how, how do you not yes. see this? How do you not see this, buddy? How long have you been watching wrestling? Uh, I, I got two <laughs> words for you. It just feels it, was, it feels so vindicating. Like, yeah, I've been watching wrestling a long time. Absolutely. I, I know what I'm talking about. And if he vindicated like this, I feel so good about myself. I, I've not felt this good in a long time. And if Marcus Swan wasn't so like, smug about it, I would be like, oh, well. But he was so smug about it. I'm like, damn right I won, Mar- Abel. Good for you, Mike. Cheers Good for you. Cheers to us. Take all the ones you can. Uh, I think it, it's cowardly. They don't come often. That, that, they don't come often, so I'll take them on again. <laughs> I think it's cowardly that Mark has decided that this is the show that he's not going to be a part of. You know, to, because he doesn't want to confront you. You know? Mm-hmm. He, the man with the black belt is afraid of you. Oh, you said black belt. That's a, you have to do a shot. <laughs> you got to drink. From our you live shows. Drink. Yeah. I mean, he is afraid of you. He's chicken shit at this point. 
you know? I think you know what you should do? You should put a post and tag local media and see if he responds. Oh, yep. He probably will. He probably checks that every day. <laughs> oh, man. I just feel so good, man. I, I needed a good week, and I had a good week this week. And to top it off, hanging out with my best friend here, watching Crown Jewel. And again, we went to Outlaw. We'll get into both those later. Looking forward to it, man. Uh, welcome to the show. It's been it's always a different energy when you're on the show. It brings us back to the old, olden days. Remember this, how we started the show? Getting drunk. <laughs> talking about there was no format to the show. There's no structure. We would take breaks. It was just a just a conversation between two friends talking about wrestling, and that's usually how the sh- that's pretty much how the show would start, right? Yeah. But we would start drinking, and before the show, you know, we're rec- we're recording this on Friday at eleven ish. Yeah, both of us if long this week. Was really back in the day if it was really back in the day it'd be two o'clock in the morning yeah and we would just be starting the show we've done that a couple of times but like we would take breaks like we do here but we would not stop recording we, we would continue recording play some music and we'd be going to my kitchen to do some drinks we'd go down to the bar to have some drinks we're doing it in the studio and we were like oh shit we're still recording and come back like after an eight minute break of like 10 yeah. songs being played i'm like oh shit <laughs> Some good times. Those were the days. Those were the days. But that was then, Abel. The show has come a long way in almost 300 episodes. How about we go see what's trending this week? First up, <laughs> WWE crowned their new king and queen. Zelina Vega defeated Dewdrop to become the inaugural Queen's Crown winner. Not only did they crown their first queen, but a little factoid for you, Mr. Greenman. They did the entire tournament in 10 minutes fewer than the Seth Rollins Edge Hell in a Cell match. By the way, really? So they had what eight matches, ten matches, in less time than did one matches. It's mind-boggling. But again, wow. again, the boyhood dream came true. Xavier Woods defeated Finn Balor. There you go. In an excellent match to capture King of the Ring, Woods called this the most important match of his career, which I think we all can agree on. I mean, Woods has held tag team championships many times. I think what seven, eight times, but he's right. never, never held a singles championship. Did the right people win here? And where do you see their reigns going in the next year, maybe year and a half? Well, let's talk about the the Queen's Crown, first of all. Very anticipated uh, a matchup. Uh, this is something that the WWE has been talking about. You know, it's been in the rumor mills of happening for at least the last two, maybe three years, you know. I think longer, you know, stemming, yeah. Yeah, stemming from the, the women's evolution. And, and I told you this when we were um, – watching crown jewel uh as much respect as i have for the the talent that's getting put over uh the king of the ring and the queen's crown it's a gimmick it's a gimmick you know but like you guys discussed in a previous episode and you when you were reviewing uh, uh how the talent you know takes that gimmick and makes it their own you know, people like, you know, Owen Hart, who made it his own. People, you know, who jump-started their career, like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Even though this is just a gimmick match, it's not really, it's not necessarily like a title. You have the opportunity as the talent to take this and say, I'm going to go all the way. So my question to you, Michael J. Putty, is do you think that Xavier Woods is going to own this new crown and go all the way and make himself even a bigger star than he is and in the same respect do you think selena vega would be able to do the same thing 
and be la reina. Yes, to both. We've seen to both. Kofi okay. Kingston had a great run with the WWE Championship. We see what Big E's doing. Kingston was a well-established person before New Day. Big E was established. I think I told you while we were watching this too. It was the New Day was Kofi Kingston and Big E every match with Xavier Woods on right. the outside. Right. Occasionally he might get sprinkled into the match, but he was just the outside guy. Mm-hmm. And to see where he's come from that to being not only winning tag team matches, winning singles matches, but now he's the king of the ring. I think this will help elevate him as a singles competitor. He needs it on his resume because all he has is tag team championships. No, no singles championships. I think this will right. help elevate him as a singles competitor. Maybe Kofi could be his hand and maybe they could work some sort of dynamic there. I don't know how many Kings mm-hmm. of the Rings outside King Booker have won championships in their reigns though. Right. But I could definitely see him winning a mid-card title on SmackDown. That's the Intercontinental title. I love how right after the match, was it right after the match where he was uh, saying, you know, now now I'm king. Yeah. Now I call the shots. You yes. know, like, you know, uh, you camera, you move when I say you move. And I'm like, oh, okay. This, this, is, this is new. Mm-hmm. Because since when does the king call, like, the shots like this? If anything, the universal champion, the WWE champion, they have legitimacy to say, you know, yeah, we call the shots. This is our show. This is my time. I could take as much time as I want. This is my ring. But to go and say, like, now the king is is the top tier, you know, and if he could, if he wants to put himself there, I think Xavier could definitely do that and say, you know what? You... All are in my kingdom, and I am the king that reigns over this kingdom, and I allow you to be universal champion and WWE champion, but just remember this is my kingdom that you're playing in. Let that be your ring, but where is that ring in my kingdom? It's also been a while. I don't remember offhand the last time we saw one, a face king of the ring. Mm. King of the Ring, and now Queen of the Ring, Queen's Crown, seems to me as a perfect thing for a heel, which is why I didn't really argue too much with Mark Schwann when he said Shayna Baszler because she's a heel. It makes sense, but these gimmicks seem more beneficial for heels. So I'm curious. It's been a while since we've seen the face. I cannot remember. I think maybe Edge? I mean, I I love how you're bringing that up because yeah i think uh you know as a king you know you're you're just consumed with the the power of the crown you know so la reina is now deserving of the power that she you know feels like she's warranted from the very beginning you know so now she's like yes i i have the power and now this crown lets everybody know i have the power but i love that you say is the first time in a while that we've seen a face do it because what would it be if a face like Xavier Woods fell into the power mm. and then allowed the power to control him and and he would just become you know green with like just like in, enraged because he just doesn't know how to do it he doesn't know how to control it it would it, be very interesting to see I kind of like that idea of you know the baby face turning heel while he's king of the ring because uh, of the the power that consumes him. Especially actually, you mentioned that because I was watching the coronation tonight and I was wondering, could this lead to a feud between Kofi and Xavier Woods? Maybe he does get consumed with it and get goes to his head. And Xavier Woods is his brother 
it's like, come on, bro, you guys, you know, snap out of it. You know what you got to do right. here. Yeah, you got to be humble, right? You well, gotta be humble. I've been wanting no. this since I was a boy. You don't tell me what yeah. to do. I am the king. This is my kingdom. You are my subject. <laughs> like stuff like that. Again, I don't see them breaking up the new day, but if they were going to, and maybe like six, yeah. eight months' time, this is how you do it. But I don't even think that they would need to break them up. I think, like you said, like, you're my subject, and, you know, if Kofi becomes my lackey and I'm Xavier, I get used to that. So if Kofi one day steps out of line and says, you know, you need to humble yourself up, my man, yeah. you know, like, and I'm going to do it for you, like, let's step in the ring, like, brothers fight. So I could easily see them both have a match where Kofi's trying to smack it out of him, you know, and make him realize that it's more than just the crown, you know, but they don't have to break up. Maybe they, they come to blows and uh brand to brand invitational Big E comes over and have it like a powwow in the ring. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much, there's so many ways to go with this. And I'm so excited to follow this reign. and going back to the queen, Zelina Vega, there were a lot of hype with her, maybe potential championship run before she got released. Right. So they re-signed her. I think we all love Zelina Vega, but they're not doing anything with her. And this is my point with, oh, I thought she should win. Now they're giving her something to do. So now I'm so looking forward to the promos of this. This should be helping with the word I use, love to use, launching pad for her. And I'm excited to follow her reign, see how she embodies it. I'm, I'm looking forward to her coronation on Raw. I don't see her going to the title picture anytime soon with this, but it'll definitely help her elevate her status, so to speak, and actually give some credibility to, again, hit the user word resume. Yeah. Um, you know, you said both of these individuals are going to be able to take this as a stepping stone and launch their career. Uh, I disagree with you. I think Xavier is going to be able to do it. I think he he's a lot hungrier. I think his creativeness about being King of the Ring because he's wanted it for so long. Yeah. He did an interview at WWE.com on how much he wanted it, how much, you know, this tournament really meant to him means to him um and uh i don't think selena vega is going to be able to do that i don't think i don't think it's lack of her talent or maybe her creativity or you know where she could go with it but i just don't see the women's roster competitive enough for her to be a queen in now would you say that if anybody had won Absolutely, okay. absolutely. I don't. I, I, I think it's that not against her as a statement on the uh, the current roster. It's it's it's. it's uh, this is a gimmick for the women right now. This is a gimmick, very similar to the tag team championships. And it's a shame that title belts are, are a gimmick. But you know, if you treat them as a gimmick, it, that that's what it's going to come off at. Put the Reina, you know, put the Queen in Impact Wrestling. Now, now I'm like you. You could carry the 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 brand on the back of Selena Vega as the queen mm-hmm. in Impact Wrestling. Oh, okay. Well, I hope you're wrong. I hope this is good <laughs> things for her because I don't see how she fucks this up. But it's not her. I, it's creative and how they do things with her. Right. Moving on. PWI released their top 150 list of female wrestlers. Now the criteria for the list includes in-ring achievements, championships, tournaments, win-loss records. Uh, influences, technical ability, quality of competition, and activity. So this year's top 10 are, number 10, Raquel Gonzalez, Tam Nakano from Stardom, Io Shirai from NXT, Siri from Stardom, 
I've seen multiple spellings of her name. I'm hoping I'm getting it right. Sasha Banks. Top five is Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker, Diana Perrazzo, Utami Hayashishida from Stardom. I think I got that right. Nailed it. Nailed Number it. one. Yes. Bianca Belair. Your thoughts on that top ten? I mean, uh, I... I can't argue with the number one. Bianca Belair has just risen up to every single challenge that has been put in front of her. This is someone who didn't start to become a a wrestler, but damn, once she set her mind into it, she literally went straight to the top. She's entertaining. She's a good role model. She's uh, athletic in the ring. Even though she's green, you don't see that in her at all. No, not at all. At all. She is so good at what she does, and if she's, if she's so good this early on in her career, I could only imagine how much better she's going to be because she just keeps learning. She keeps learning. She's like a sponge right now. I love it. Shout out to my girl, Thunder Rosa. Um, I definitely think she needs to be in the top 10. Love that she's in the top five. Yeah. That woman is such a hard worker. Interesting story uh, when we interviewed Thunder Rosa, and you know, it's been a while since we've gotten together and I've been meaning to bring it up. But if you go back to listen to our interview with Thunder Rosa, uh, she mentioned that she got a WWE contract. You know, this was before AEW was in the mix. So could you have imagined if Thunder Rosa accepted that contract from WWE, there would be no Thunder Rosa and Breaker match in AEW there'd be no thunder rosa and nwa the career that she's had since she turned the wwe down would have been completely different and so different because michael j putty she turned down a contract because the wwe offered her a contract to be a referee i have heard that yes okay so she knew what she who she was, what she wanted to be from the get. She didn't um, say, I'm going to be a, a referee. And in the interview, she's like, you know, if I did want to be a referee, I would have been the best damn, you know, female referee ever, you know, representing for, for the Hispanic community, representing for women. But that's not what she wants to be. And she, she really thought about it. Like, like, me, like this is an opportunity. They're, they're giving me a contract. They're giving me money. You know, this is when I'm, she was working in the indies. Kudos to Thunder Rosa to have the hindsight and say, you know what? I'm going to turn down that contract from WWE. I'm going to pursue my dreams. And, you know, she's fought in MMA. She's, she's done so much ever since she turned them down. So congrats. I'm happy with this list. Where, what, do, what do you think? Did, did they leave someone out? Going back to Thunder Rosa as a referee, everybody has a role in this world in their life. That's not her position. That's not her role. She was meant to do bigger and better things. It's not an insult to referees. I mean, today you saw Edge post a beautiful tribute to Jessica Carr on his Instagram and Twitter. She's the mm-hmm. first female. I think we talked about it on the show. Um, watching the show, she's the first female to referee a show in Saudi Arabia. She's, she's been refereeing the trilogy of Seth Rollins and Edge. Right. And she's been making waves for females as the referees. And I don't think Seth Rosa would have done that because Thunder Rosa is meant for to be... Uh, exceptional female wrestler. Probably just a Kakar real quick for what she's doing as a female referee. Someone I'm surprised is not in the top 10 based on what I just said is their criteria after the year she's had is holding down the women's division during this pandemic. Her Karashita, not in the top 10. Interesting, yeah. Very true. 
Since his debut in 2008, it's the first time Charlotte Flair has not been ranked in the, in the top 10. But she hasn't really been active that much in this past year. She took some time off. Fair enough. So yeah. I get that. But Akara Shida, I think, should have been in the top 10 at least somewhere. Maybe she could be on the top 10 of your list. I want to put her in my top 10. I mean, Bailey's always going to be number one. <laughs> Michael J. Putty type list. Yeah, oh, that's, if you know what that's I mean. a different list. <laughs> I know who be your number one. You're wearing her shirt right now. Mm. Evolution, baby. <laughs> Hope she comes back soon. Shooting a movie right now. Hope she comes back soon. Since its inception in 2008, started with Awesome Kong, the first African-American woman, and now Bianca Belair is the second. Bianca Belair continues a year of seven, eight runs of WWE women, by the way. So mm. WWE mm-hmm. seems to be owning this list. But as AW I, I, builds up their women's division, I'm assuming that will change soon. I think the fact that you're not seeing as many women from the WWE on the top 10. Uh, you mentioned women from stardom, women from, yeah. uh, from uh, like, there were a few names from stardom. I, I, I think that this Three. could possibly, and, and quote me on this one, Michael J. Putty. Okay. I think this might be the last year that the WWE has the number one slot for top women wrestler of the year. Well, there has been times that they haven't been. In 2011, it was Madison Eagles. 2009 was Mickey James, 2012 was Gail Kim, and 2013 was cheerleader Melissa. So it wouldn't be out of the ordinary to have a non-WWE woman in the top spot. No, this, this going is going to turn into the streak yeah. that they don't want. But going into years 2021. Down the line, one, years down the line, we're going to be saying, when was the last time that a WWE female was number one? And you'll say, wow, yeah, in 2021, Bianca Belair. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> But that that is what's trending, though. Finally, moving on, there's been a war of words between Tony Khan and Eric Bischoff. This week, both Tony what? Khan and Eric Bischoff started a war of words on social medias, on the podcast, on 83 Weeks. Eric Bischoff had some critical things to say about Tony Khan and AEW, saying he should just shut up and wrestle. Let's hear what he has to say. If Tony were to call me and ask for any advice, here's what it would be. Shut up and wrestle, dude. Just put out the best product you can, and you've proven you can. Focus on that. Now, this is weird coming for me, right? The guy who challenged Vince McMahon, the guy who did all the good, gave away their finishes, right? So people are listening to this and going, yeah, but that's him. The young Tony. Yeah, yeah, young. What the hell? Yeah. But here's the difference. I was actually competing with him. I was going head-to-head, real head-to-head. My show started at the same time his show started each and every week. And another thing, Tony came out and says, oh, we're, you know, we're at the 1996 stage of WCW, and we're just going to not make their mistakes. Tony, you're inventing some mistakes, brother. By coming out there and, and constantly comparing yourself or deriding your competition, but not having the willingness, I almost said balls, not having the willingness to say, okay, let's go head-to-head. Let's really compete. Let's see who can get whose market share. That's real competition. So I, I'm, I'm a little disappointed in the rhetoric that I'm hearing out of Tony, as well as some of their talent, man. Shut the fuck up. Until you're actually competing and you're actually competing favorably. And by the way, Tony, in 1996, I was kicking WWE's ass every week in a real head-to-head competition, not a cosplay competition. Hard to argue what he's saying here. 
Hard to argue with that. He made some good points. I think it's it's he's full of shit. What? Is what I think. I thought Mark Schwartz not here tonight. What's going well, on here? Let's 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 talk about let let's dissect this little clip here uh, because he's talking about competition and how he went head to head. I think the definition of going head to head with someone is completely different in the day of cable television and the day of social media today. Today. Wrestling shows are hashtagging. They want to be yep. the number one trending show. They want to be have the most interactions on social media. That's the year of 2021. Okay? So back in the day, his head-to-head meant that they had the same time slot on cable TV. Yep. On cable TV, Michael J. Putty. Because it would have been a different conversation if they were like, oh, well, I'm on network TV and you're on cable TV because – then you can't it's like comparing apples and oranges and that's exactly exactly what eric bischoff is doing right now he's comparing competition in the 90s to competition today it's apples and oranges they're both head-to-head so i i i discredit the way that he's talking about tony khan uh telling him that he's not ready to go head-to-head competition. I think he's ready. He's been going head-to-head competition with the WWE. And and this is something that upsets me when I hear people talk about WWE saying that AEW is not competition. You've, you've heard people say, like, oh, well, we're the WWE. We don't really think of that, that show as competition, you know? Yeah, many conversations on the show, yes. It upsets me so much because the WWE, the World Wrestling Entertainment Company, puts everything under their umbrella as competition. They want to compete with everybody because they are an entertainment company. They want to compete against wrestling shows. They want to compete against football, baseball, um, ice skating, like whatever entertainment is out there. Disney, movies, whatever. They want to compete with it. It's not just about wrestling. So, AEW falls under that competition. So, to say that they're not competition, it's bullshit, man. I understand what he's saying here. They're not going head. I see your point with the whole social media, blah, 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 2021 stuff. But they're not going head to head. They grabbed them by the balls and said, I'm going to put Nitro against the flagship Monday Night Raw and legitimately start a war, go head to head. Like can we can, like XFL? No, is not competing with the NFL. Their seasons are different. Their XFL starts when again in twenty twenty three. Now, what NFL is done? They're not competing with the NFL because they know they'll get their ass handed to them by the NFL. Their ratings were close. WWE won the rating was war Friday night. AEW won the the most critical demo eighteen to thirty nine. So if, if AEW went to head to head with WWE. Like on a, like a no. what, Friday night against SmackDown, the ratings the ratings would not have been as close as they were if SmackDown was on Fox. Again, going to your point about c- cable and network because they were on Fox Sports One. Again, it's a C-list network. Bro, no, no. So do you it's... think do you, do you think AEW is ready to go to war and head to head compete with them against each other because they're doing well on their own? But if they were to go to again head to head against Raw, because look what happened with Impact. Impact is nowhere near the level AEW is. It, but it's Impact a got their ass handed to them. 
going against the Raw. Bro, it's a different time. It's a different Impacted time. Impacted like eight years ago. Yeah, but listen, you, back in the day, when someone went head-to-head with someone, you, you didn't have the options that you have today. So you had one, the option, you would be a WWE loyalist and watch Raw, or you would be a WCW loyalist and watch Nitro, or you would be caught in between those two and go back and forth. That, those were your options, and that's why you got such an influx in, in viewership, and those numbers were different, and those are numbers that you'll never see again. Now, today, in the way with DVRs and in the way of social media where you, could, you don't have to see the show, you could just follow people who watch it on, on, on Twitter, on everything, and see the posts, like, it, it just, it's not the same. You could put them head-to-head, it would not be the same. But before we go on any further, we have Tony Khan's response to this. Oh, yeah. He responded how he feel his, about? criticizing how Bischoff handled the young talent in WCW. Let's hear what you say. For you, did you even think about that? Like, oh, should I be quiet at certain times? Or do you, are you just, hey, I'm Tony Khan. I'm proud to be the owner of AEW, and I'm going to be vocal. Uh, well, I really like Eric, and I was kind of surprised by Eric's comments because they were coming from Eric Bischoff. I think Eric Bischoff is probably the last person anybody would expect to say that they think the president of a wrestling company should be quiet. But then when it comes to -to head-to-head competition, like you said, Dave, we were in a head-to-head competition this past week. It was only 30 minutes, and I didn't ask for it. You know, we were in our time slot, and somebody came into our time slot aggressively. And we generally responded pretty well and been very successful. And I was amused by Eric's comments. Again, I like Eric when we're together. But this is the ultimate example, I think, of glass houses in some ways, knowing how Eric conducted himself when he was the president of WCW. And really, he did ask for the head-to-head competition. And I think he said publicly, you know, I should be going for that. But it's, I don't decide when the shows are on. This time slot, we had looked at a couple of different slots, and this was one that they thought would do well, and I was pretty supportive of. I was surprised that the competition was going to be commercial-free, but I thought it was even more impressive given that I was forced to take a couple breaks. And since the numbers came in Monday, I haven't said much because I think those numbers speak for themselves. I'm just really proud that we won that head-to-head. You know, we didn't make the choice to go head-to-head for 30 minutes against the competition, especially when they decided to do 30 minutes commercial free, and they lost. But for Eric Bischoff, of all people, the guy who got lowered down on a motorcycle from the ceiling, the guy who challenged Vince McMahon to fight him, to say that somebody should be quiet, it's, it's laughable. And Eric is doing an act and I respect it, but let's be serious. You know, Eric used to be a wrestling company executive and now he is a commentator and as a commentator, he's trying to stir up controversy, but I think it it would be pretty naive of anybody to look at this and not examine that the person talking is Eric Bischoff, who is the most outspoken wrestling executive of all time. So yeah, that's Tony Khan's two cents. Again, he made some good points too. I think he gave a pussy response, bro. Okay, what's well, that answer from you? <laughs> someone goes at your juggler like Eric Bischoff, telling him to just worry about your show, grow some balls. You don't, you don't have a pair. And Tony Khan, very professional. Me and Eric are we, we're friends. We, I, I actually um, on the show, you know, when we're together. Yeah. yeah. Well, so like very uh, respectfully said i am surprised by his his words but like the only job that i kind of feel like he took was like you know people will listen to eric bishop because he had he was 
at one time a powerful executive, but now he's just a commentator. And I'm like, oh, okay, maybe he's just a commentator. So he's looking to get people riled up with what he's saying, and I get that. But um, they do, do just went at you, and, and I felt like the response that he gave Eric was uh, was pussy, for lack of better words. This is a family show. Watch your mouth. Fuck, watch your fucking mouth. <laughs> now, something me and Mark have talked about in the last several months is the, uh, especially the last couple of weeks, the jabs, the barbs, the the blows between the shots between each promotion. Get your opinion quickly before we move on to TV takedown. Do you think this helps or hurts the business with the the, the cheap, unnecessary shots Tony Khan AEW is taking against the E? That's why, that's why I kind of agree with Eric Bischoff. Just focus on your own product. Don't worry what they're doing. Focus on what you're doing. Because you guys are Bro. not doing bad. You guys are killing it. Stay the course. Focus on yourself. And just forget about these guys. You're getting worked into the work, bro. You're getting worked. That's all it is. Every time they're doing jabs, every time they're saying things that, that uh, puts the other product down or calls the other talent down, it, it it's a work. It's trying to get you to say, ooh, did you hear what they said? Did you see what they did? Oh, I know who, who he was referencing. Uh, and going all the way back from the beginning when the company started. And you saw uh, Cody Rhodes taking the big sledgehammer to the, to the king's throne. It's what we as fans want to see. This whole war between the companies, it's all stemmed from the fans. And Tony Kong, AEW, are feeding into it and working that angle. That's it. Green Man with the last word here. Let's go on to some TV takedown. It's time for this week's TV takedown. All right, Abel. Thursday, I announced last week I took off. Turns out you were off. So either way, we were watching the show together. It was great. Came over to my house to watch Crown Jewel, that stacked card. This is what I want to see in the future. Ignore your October pay-per-views. Just focus on this because they delivered. And it started out with a bang. It started out with the reason I did take took off. Edge versus Seth Rollins in the hell in a cell. If that match does not get five stars, I don't know Matt, what match What a on. match. What a match, man. Everything was now, great about this. I love it. I love it when uh, pay-per-views, independent shows, any any show whatsoever starts their show with a banger yeah. like this one because that's exactly what it was. Holy crap, these two went head-to-head. Edge has – I can't believe how great he looks. And, and the dude, like, match by match – his agility and his strength is I feel like it's growing. Like he's not human. Nine years know? he was off. Nine years he was retired. And he's, yeah. he's only been back for less than two. He's an inspiration, man. Yeah. He's an inspiration to us all. Uh and uh Seth Rollins, man. Seth Rollins does not get the credit. You know, I, I understand that he's had his his moments where maybe he wasn't I wouldn't say he was the safest, but like just shit happened, right? You know, and he gets a lot of shit for that. But the dude could go. The dude could tell a story in a ring. The good, the dude um, is a good adversary for anybody. And and that's one of the things why Seth Rollins is in a position that he's in, man. Because when you look at at talented wrestlers, you have to be able to go with people like Edge, 
who are veterans and icons in this business and, and make them shine. But then you could also go with, with champions and or people in the mid card or people who are just starting to make them like Seth Rollins and Austin Theory um, would be an amazing match because of the ability of Seth Rollins. Not to discredit Austin Theory, but I'm just saying that's how good Seth Rollins is. This match had a lot of cool spots. Seth Rollins was perched on the top, turnbuckled his back towards the ring. Edge pushed him off, which sent Seth crashing into hell in the cell, only to fall onto a table. You had the curb stomp on the chair. Just a lot of near falls, tremendous spots. Edge had the match won via submission, but he wanted to cause more pain. Everything about this match was awesome, which is not a surprise because the first two matches were, like, epic. So you add in Crown Jewel, you add in Hell in a Cell. And this is something I appreciated. This is uh, one of the best rivalries of the year. And it was blown off in Hell in a Cell, which is what Hell in a Cell should be. The last couple right. of years, especially with his own pay-per-view, you see a lot of rivalries start in Hell in a Cell. Maybe the second match is in Hell in a Cell. No. This is what Hell in a Cell is about. Blowing off an epic rivalry, and these two men delivered. And it's probably one of the best Hell in a Cell matches I've seen in quite some time, if not ever. The I mean, Edge is a storyteller. Uh, I, I know Mark uh, has talked about this, especially yeah. going back to his WrestleMania match, on how his facial expressions, his attention to detail. There was that moment, Mike, remember I was saying, like, how great he is when, like, just the slightest, like, glance when he yeah. took the the table out from underneath yes, the talking, ring, tell, talk about that. And then he, and like the, he knew that where the camera was, and he made sure that there was a glance that the audience could connect his glance to that ladder that was right next to the table. Table goes up into the ring, and then he lifts up the apron, and then says, "Yeah, let me bring out this ladder." Because why? Because. That's who I am. That's who Edge is. He's made a career of using these ladders, winning matches. He's made these type of matches iconic. It, it would have been like Devon Dudley saying, like, pulling out a ladder and then saying, like, oh, no, there's that table. Let me get that table. Forget this ladder. I want the table. Yep. It was well done. You'll be hearing a lot more about that match in two months' time. <laughs> Spoiler alert. But moving on to the triple threat women's match, another hyped possible main event contender here. It was a good match. All three women showed what they can do. I don't think there was a finisher that wasn't hit here. I think one of the favorite spots in that match, I think we both stopped in our middle conversation and our jaws just dropped, was when Bianca Belair held up Sasha Banks with one arm. She's, that woman is incredibly strong. The more the women really work to showcase Bianca's strength, because that was a creative way to show it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I don't know if it was something that may have been discussed beforehand, but it, it came off really well. Goldberg, Bobby Lashley match was pretty good. Like, the, the spear off the ramp, I thought was, that was a long way down. So props to both men for that match. Impressive for a match for a Goldberg match. I thought it was either, he's either quick or it's not that right, good. Right, right. This was long and it was pretty good. So props to Goldberg here and Bobby Lashley for carrying him. And he had to redeem himself because he doesn't have a good showing no. uh, at the kingdom, you know? Yeah. So for him to – I'm sure he he put a lot of pressure on himself going out there for that match. And the main event, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. I mean, we don't see Lesnar as a babyface that often, and I don't remember the last time we did see him, but he pulled it off pretty well here and tonight as well. 
A lot of big moves throughout. Props to both men here. This is it's an it's still weird seeing him as a a face, (laughs) but it, it was really well done. It's the the reason it's so well done, Michael J. Putty, is because it's it happened so organically, you know. Yeah, true. Like he came back, and like the fans just knew, like, hey, now we could cheer for Brock Lesnar. It was awesome, and and I think Michael J. Putty, the crowd here, oh, the yeah. best, the best that I've ever seen it. And we talked about the, you know, when we were watching the show on how far the show in Saudi Arabia yes. has come from the first one where there were just like couches and people who were royalty or, right. or higher ups were just on the, on the floor level, but the real fans were all the way up top. Now it really feels like everybody's coming together. There's more women's matches. There's women referees. So the progression that the, this event has, has made I know a lot of people want to talk shit about it, and I, I would have been one of them. Be like, it's just they're doing it all for the money, and you know it's bullshit that they're getting all this these crazy cards over there. But looking at it now on how much it, it has progressed, it's kind of cool. I kind of I kind of feel like you know maybe ten years down the line, like things maybe will be a lot more different. They keep mentioning how many days Roman Reigns has been champion. And they also keep mentioning how long Brock Lesnar's been champion, the longest reigning Universal Champion in history. Mm-hmm. Did the math. Mark your calendars. January 19th, Roman Reigns will pass Brock Lesnar as the longest Universal Champion. Wow. That means if Roman Reigns is champion going to Royal Rumble, he'll be the longest reigning Universal Champion in history. Props to him. This crown jewel, probably with the best Saudi Arabia show they have done in the last several years. Not saying much because this card was stacked. I hope they continue going this route. Agreed. Moving on to TV, now this is part we talk about, what we liked about TV this week, and we're looking forward to the upcoming week. Our boy Joe Gacy cut a very interesting pre-tape promo, looking directly into the camera, talking about us, the mission remains the same, they don't, mm-hmm. need, they don't need violence. Following on his character he's done in the last couple weeks, then he put his hand against the screen and, and told us to take his hand. But a hand came out and touched Joe Gacy's hand, and that was the hand of Harland. And Joe Gacy said, follow me, little snowflake. When Harland first saw him, <laughs> when we saw Harland first in the ring, uh, in the crowd, Harland's a big guy. They're comparing him to the next Brock Lesnar. Everyone's, they're very high in this guy. But I thought he would be feuding with Joe Gacy. But to me, it seems like now we're like of um, what they're doing with Rhino and uh, – Eric Young and Impact, like they're the mentor, brainwashing. Do what I say, I'm going to mold you. Right. He remains a very interesting character. I'm looking forward to what happens now, next week, in the following weeks, with Joe Gacy kind of mentoring Harland here. Yeah. Joe's in a very blessed position right now. Um, and it, it's it's a tribute to his character, his hard work. You know, we know him personally. We've hung out with him. And, you know, I think... People are, are pretty big on Joe and are confident that he could take what he's given and make something great out of it. And they're giving him this opportunity because who would have thought someone who was coming in from the independent scene got signed to NXT not only will would have such a diverse like character with so many layers, but then also, like you said, now it looks like he's going to be guiding a person. Yeah. Maybe a flock of people down the line. Maybe, like that's that says a lot. 
that that's like you're putting not just trust in that the, that this person could carry the this character and bring it to life but now he's in charge of ensuring that his character work is over but he also is responsible for other people it, it's it's amazing uh congrats to joe keep doing your thing bro going on to the next thing with nxt staying on nxt they released a video hyping out the championship match between Manny Rose and Raquel Gonzalez. Right. That Again, NXT is, although they're a new brand, new thing, they are still killing it on their video packages. It was a great video. Uh, it really showed the differences between both women. Manny Rose looked amazing, stunningly visually as possible. But then you had Raquel Gonzalez putting the work into the gym and showing what a champion should be. At the end, Manny Rose, she made a good point by saying how she's been called a lot of things, but mm-hmm. never champion. This is hyping me up for this match. I love Halloween the line, and that was that uh, other great line, Michael J. Putting. I think the great thing about a promo is when it has a little bit of truth to it. Yeah. And you know, when Mandy in that promo said, "You know, I, 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 how could someone who looks like this with so, with such smugness and confidence, and she ain't lying, how could someone who looks like this not be given that opportunity yet, or be given <laughs> that strap by now? Because, I mean." It's professional wrestling. Looks have a lot to do with it. Yep. So, yeah. How does someone who looks so good, like Mandy does, not been given the, the, the strap by now? It's because she would be the hottest champion ever. Oh, fact. She's beautiful as a brunette, by the way. <laughs> uh, I talked about a couple weeks ago. She's so much hotter Oh, my as God. And I love blonde Absolutely. as a brunette. Oh, my God. Who and when she, does the, when she does the, the wet hair. Oh, yeah. Even better. Like, what is going on? So Raquel Gonzalez is, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of. So I'm, I'm a big fan of Manny Rose, too. Mm-hmm. So this match is going to have me conflicted and torn. But I can kind of see Manny winning here going on and Raquel going on to the Royal Rumble maybe in a couple months and then Raw and SmackDown from here. Cause I was, again, I mentioned it a couple weeks ago. I was surprised she wasn't drafted. But, yeah, man, this is something. that They've set up Halloween Havoc perfectly. And that's a show I am looking forward to. I cannot wait for Halloween Havoc. Moving on to Impact, the rivalry between Josh Alexander and Christian has been so well built. Week in and week out, they've been slowly building it up, building it up, building it up. And this mm-hmm. week, they aired a spotlight video on his career, which was an amazing video package. This was the missing piece on his career because we don't know too much about Josh Alexander as a person. Right. Talk about his neck injury. We talked about his past and how he kind of just wanted to create Canadian Indian wrestling as the place to be. Many aspects of his life it made him likable, made him very inspirational. Made how much important the Activision is. The end of the night, you had Christian Cage, Josh Alexander, that go home verbal exchange, very strong finish following their summit the week prior. Between this and the Deanna Perrazzo Mickey James match alone, Bound for Glory is something I cannot wait for. You're not too up on impact, but are you, have you been following the storyline at all? You know, um, one of the things that I do like, like you mentioned about impact, is that they're definitely building stories like this. They're taking someone who was a tag team specialist, and they're bridging similarities. I love how they bridge the similarities yes, between Christian being a tag team specialist and coming many years ago into this roster and wanting to make a name for himself. And in a way saying like, Hey bro, 
I'm just like you. And just like you, you became champion. But now the shoe is on the other foot because now I'm going to be the, I'm going to be champion and I'm going to be taking it from you. How is impact product is so good. How are they not in larger venues? You know, like I, I see, I see them performing in this like small crowd, like even like get a venue that, that like an NXT venue, because what, what is there like a hundred people there? Like get at least three, 400 people in in a larger room. Like I think impact would, would take off so much more. But uh, I think this is why Bound for Glory, you know, it's a sold-out event in Las Vegas, man. Yeah. You know, that's the hot ticket right now. And pay-per-view buys are going to be crazy because it's going to be a great show. When you're here watching Crown Drill and Crown Drill ended, I was like, oh, shit, wait, that's right. Bound for Glory is this Saturday. I bought it. I'm going to watch it. I plan Saturday evening, afternoon, so I'll be home in time to watch it. But it sucks as we're recording the show Friday night. This will post Sunday night. In between is Bound for Glory. The biggest show of Impact's year. SmackDown tonight had a lot of good stuff happening, but Hit Row made their debut. Hit Row's a big group in NXT. I was a fan of. Many people were a fan of, obviously, because they got called up within months of debuting. Yeah. They were a heel group in NXT, but now the word is they're going to change things up a bit. Top Dollar, again, I hate saying that name, will be the leader of the group. He'll be pushed as a single star. We had Adrian Adonis and Isaiah Swerve Scott will be the tag team, which is changing things up from NXT. So I'm curious how that progresses. We'll find out in the next couple weeks in SmackDown. By the way, I love that the coronation of Xavier right. actually happened because it was a little bit upsetting watching Crown Jewel yeah. and seeing <clears throat> these new, this new king and queen going up to this pedestal and putting the cape on by themselves. I'm like, well, you know, back in the day, you had Gene Okerlund, right? Yep. Didn't Gene put the robe on, on the new king? So I was a little bit upset, so I'm glad they fixed that up. You made a good point, too, because he had to do it themselves. And I think the last couple of years, they had to do it themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What if Stone Cold had to do it himself? He wouldn't have, he wouldn't have cut that promo. Right. There'd be nobody there interviewing him. He would not have cut the Austin 316 promo. You're right. Someone should be there interviewing them live. Not, get the wrong... not just interviewing, but the fact that it's a king, like the gimmick is the king. He has subjects. He has people doing things for them. Anyway, moving on. On that no agreement, let's get in some go-home thoughts. You came over to my house to watch Crown Drool. I had a feeling this was going to happen, and it happened. You convinced me to go to <laughs> Queens Brewery to watch Outlaw Wrestling, your first indie show in, what, almost a year and a half, two years? Pretty much, yeah. Yours too, right? I don't remember the last one I've been to, yeah. I missed the uh, BCW show in Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. And other than that, that's the last one I had a chance to gone to. How did it feel going back to indie wrestling, my friend? Dude, it, you know, Outlaw is becoming a new home uh, to me. It's always a party. It's always <laughs> standing room only. There's always just so many people there. Uh, but everybody, I mean, you saw it. Once you walked in, everybody was, is mad friendly, uh, happy to be there and have, ready to have a great time, you know. Uh, it was at the Queens Brewery, which is old stopping grounds because uh, I lived in, in that neighborhood for a few years. And it's, it was great. What did you think of your first Outlaw show? It was, it was interesting. It was well done. We walked in, sat by the bar. I mean, the bar seat sucked. It was just 
blocks of wood he sat on, so it wasn't really a comfortable yeah. place to watch wrestling at. But I'm surprised whoever walked into this place and went, "This is where wrestling should be." It's, <laughs> it's not that it's not that big of a space. Uh huh. And I think it was you who mentioned it was a last minute change because they were supposed to be in Brooklyn. Absolutely, yeah. They were supposed to be uh, in Brooklyn and Williamsburg at Mount Carmel, but unfortunately, you know, the diocese said uh, that we can't have. Uh, they're not doing any. Um, large gatherings, large events. Uh, so Queens Brewery, you know, opened their doors for Outlaw co- to come in. Which shows you, I mean, as someone who's never been to an Outlaw show, as you, you're a loyal Outlaw viewer. But it just impressed me because then we walked in that place, we watched the pre-show, maybe the first match, then I turned around, that place was packed. For a last-minute change, for that show to be standing room only, it shows the power that Outlaw Wrestling has and their fan base has. Very impressive. And uh, kudos to Patrick from the Boulevard Bullies who kept that show together. Uh, He definitely was throwing a lot of curve balls along the way. Uh, I mean, I talked to him when I was getting something to eat during, quote-unquote, the two-second intermission. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, He killed it, man. I talked to him after the show, too. What a great job he did, not only as an announcer, but like, like you said, Getting those curveballs, having to swerve and like on the spot change and kill time or cut time. He did a great job, and no wonder he's the announcer there because he's fucking phenomenal. Yeah, he did a great job. Uh, the whole show was great too, man. The whole show, the whole show was phenomenal. It was really impressive. Uh, great job to everybody over at Outlaw Wrestling. There's always surprises. You never know who's going to show up at Outlaw Wrestling. Like me. Uh, there's always a surprise. And, you know, we started off the night with what we, what I thought was going to be what the surprise was. Just incredible, who I have not seen in years. Uh, look, looks like he ate just incredible. But yeah, this guy walks in <laughs> hobbling. I'm like, this guy looks familiar. And he walked by. <laughs> I'm like, he's wearing a just incredible shirt. That can't be. That can't be just incredible. He's marking on himself. But then it, is that just incredible? And then boom, yeah. that was a surprise. I'm like, that was just incredible. Yeah, it was nice to see him. He, he's in good spirits. He looks good. Thank God, yeah. You know, like uh, a couple of years ago, he's gone through some rough stuff. So I'm happy he's he's gone. Yeah, he seems he seems happy, healthy. Sorry, he sorry, Miss Matt Striker. <laughs> right, but he he got inserted in that tournament. And um, thinking that was a surprise, just to know that a few matches later, Enzo Amore was going to crash the party. That was the big. How you shocker. doing? Again, How no- you doing? Spoiler alert: You hear it in the next couple of minutes, but uh, I guess no one told him it was changed from Brooklyn to Queens because he kept all these Brooklyn promos. Yeah, so I guess this great heel promo, uh, this great face promo, turned into a heel promo because he was shitting on mm-hmm. the borough that he was in. Yeah. <laughs> Bad luck. But uh, it was, it, yeah. I was surprised to see Enzo. I was expecting him. So that's cool. And Enzo and Medium Cast. Yeah, that was Casanova yeah. Valentine. Medium Cast. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the this was night one of the tournament. Um, so let me catch you up on uh, who moved on. Yes, please. Uh, Homicide moved on to the tournament. He'll be facing Mike Verna. Mike Verna turned heel. Mr. Pretty Boy, Superman character guy. Like, he's always been such a nice guy. That was great. Why, I loved it. Why is he aligning himself with Prince Nana? 
Why wouldn't you? I'm willing to sign the contract right now for Prince Nana. I mean, that's going to make an interesting match because Homicide is great, but you got Verna and Prince Nana now. Like, with Prince Nana on the outside, I mean, Mike Verna has to move on. Mercedes Martinez also got an advance in her in her tournament spot. She's going to be going against Tina San Antonio from the administration. O'Shea Edwards, dude, had a great match. That's your boy. <laughs> he did great, dude. I enjoyed seeing me some O'Shea Edwards. Uh, he's going against my him. boy. I never heard him before, and he just won me over. Like, this guy is awesome. Yeah, he's going to be going against uh, Big Action. You know the Big Action. I think that's my, my – I'm trying to give you the big action impersonation of the big action. He's not working. I don't think I'm doing a great job, no, but no. no. <laughs> uh, Encore Moore uh, is, is moving on. Very up-and-coming star. Uh, he'll be facing Rich Swan as Rich Swan moved on. Sadly enough – and I say this sadly enough because he – Rich Swan won his match against Jaden Jaden Vallow. And Jaden Vallow, very impressive match. Very impressive. I didn't know who this guy was. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a squash match. But no, it was a competitive match. And this kid, this young kid was like, wow, amazing. Good job. I got a chance to, got a, got a chance to talk to Jaden. We exchanged contacts. Uh, I believe you'll be hearing from him very soon on A Shot of Wrestling. So stay tuned within the next couple of weeks for an interview with Jaden Vallow. Uh, but wait. amazing match uh, with him and Rich Swan. But Rich Swan will be going one on one against Encore Moore. Uh, this will be going down November 18th back at the Queens Brewery. And that will be when Outlaw will be crowning their inaugural, inaugural champion. Awesome. Yeah, man. Can't believe it. how long they've been in business. This is their first champion. And it's cool because it's intergender. So who will come out on top as the face of outlaw wrestling? It's 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 props to them for doing including the women on this is well done. I would love to see. I mean, each match. I I don't even know who I would like to see. I mean, part of me also kind of wants Mike Verna and Prince Nana to go all the way because that just makes it very interesting, and then it's going to make it very difficult for everybody on the roster. Something I've never been shy of admitting is that I'm not a big indie wrestling guy. Right. What got kind of got me into indie wrestling was the Elks Lodge. Sit down, you watch the show, or us set up a table, record, and re- follow a show. But the show is done. You pack things up, you go to the bar and drink. Yeah. Drinking brings people together. <laughs> and that's what happened here. Once everything was done, the ring was done, there were still wrestlers and performers at the bar drinking and having a good time. This guy tapped me on the shoulder and, like, Start asking me like my height question did I play basketball? And I turn around, it was Prince Nana. <laughs> so this guy Is he trying to recruit you? This this guy and I are having a conversation, like a casual like I would have with any random Joe, but then I realized this is fucking Prince Nana. Is he trying to recruit me? Because I was signed right now. <laughs> oh man. So if he when they come back to Queens Brewery, go check him out because not only you see a good show, you have a good time afterwards hanging out with these guys. Getting to them more, more personally, like you did with yeah. um, with Castle Valentine, you guys hung out with. Well, that's how how you said earlier. Drinking brings everybody together. Yeah. That's why wrestling brings everybody together. You know, it's it's those moments. It's those moments where everybody's like, you know, we're all in this together. Fans, workers, 
you know, from the ring crew to the announcers, like we're, we're all part of creating the magic that comes into a independent wrestling show. But like you said, November 18th, uh, outlaw returns to crown their first champion, uh, at the Queens brewery, November 4th. If you're out in long Island, uh, they'll be having a uh, show there at the Great Bayshore Brewery okay. out in Bayshore. Um, so come check that out. That's next week, November 4th. It's gonna. It's headlined by Homicide, uh, Rich Swan, and Aiden English. Oh, so wow. come check it out. Is this part of the tournament or just a separate show in general? This is a, just, just a separate show. Wow. Okay, cool. And, of course, for me personally, the highlight of my night, my first outlaw show was standing by the bar, drinking my drink, hanging out with you. But who do I see? My who do I see walking by me? My good personal friend, part of the the greatest two man faction in history. <laughs> because so comes by, I haven't seen him in forever. Good, good chance to hang out with him, catch up. So you never know who you're gonna run into in indie shows. So definitely check out your local indie show. And more importantly, outlaw wrestling coming up. Great man, it's been a pleasure. I'm not going to let you off that easily because... What? It's the end of the show. I love you, man. There's been, I miss uh, you already. We were the official podcast of BCW, so we would go to BCW shows right, and record commentary during the match, post-game shows, pre-game shows. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember last time we did that. It's been a while. It's been a year. It's maybe two, over while. two years. Right. So you decided, let's try this again. So you brought your mobile studio, which I was very impressed by. Like, I never saw that before. <laughs> it looked like one of those things from the Ghostbusters or the ho- Ghost Hunters that records the uh, audio of ghosts. So me and you decided to bring your mobile studio to Outlaw Wrestling. A lot of you guys appreciated that because what Pat from the Boulevard Bullies told me was like, all right, where was the secondary cam? Because I saw a hard cam on the bar. That wasn't hard cam. That was our us recording our live our Instagram phone. feeds. Yeah. <laughs> Which is surprising. I'm surprised Outlaw does not have recording yet. So when I played these clips back, it was a lot of... I put this nicely, Green Man. Drunking ramblings on? I was. I thought you were going to say professionalism at its finest. No, not, not at all. <laughs> so instead of wasting your guys' time listening to this drunken rambling mess, if you want to hear it, I will post it at the end of the show. So when we're done here... As usual, I'll play the our outro song. At the end of the outro song, you'll hear 14 minutes of loud, drunk, no, unstructured. <laughs> Some cameos from people. Yeah. Ramblings on. Mittens is on there. Mittens on there. We got Paul Steve and like the Bullies. A, we got Rich. Bro, it's, on it's, here. Like, it's like the hidden track on, on, like a, on a CD, track, remember? Yes. Back in the day, the bonus track. We're not going to post it now because when we come back from it, how do we explain what just fucking happened? <laughs> so that's it. Yeah, we're done here. At the end of the our outro song, you'll hear 14 minutes of unedited, raw footage of us being drunk at Outlaw Wrestling at Queens Brewery. I love it. I love it. That's what it's all about. But Green Man, uh, thanks for coming here. Mark Schwann is quote-unquote busy, a.k.a. yellow, for confronting me on how his four losses this week. Again, thanks for filling in. It was like old times, buddy, buddy. I love you, and uh, thanks for being here. 
But like like you guys usually say, make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on all forms of social media at Shot of Wrestling on Instagram and Facebook. And you could also email us at inbox at shotofwrestling.com or dial it up. Does, do we still have the phone line? No, I canceled it. All right, it's about time. So you can dial it up, but you could slide into our DMs. You can dial it up and see who gets up, but it won't be us. Uh, But yeah, follow us, give us a like, give us a review, let us know how we're doing and how horrible we are. I mean, how great we are. And uh, it's been a blast, brother, like all times. So for Green Man... For the four-time, 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 four-time loser this week, Marcus Swan. I have been your host at Michael J. Party. I am not here next week. I have personal stuff with Greenman and some friends. So Mark Swan hopefully will be here. And whatever he says is probably really a lie because he has a week think of something. But Mark Swan is a four-time loser. Mark Swan, I love you, buddy. Until next week. Put you out. Hey baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh my. And maybe you seem a bit confused, yeah baby, but I got you pinned. Ha 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 But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night everybody. All right, Michael J. Putty, we are live here at the night one of Outlaw Wrestling's championship tournament. We're in the middle of the match between Rich Swan and Jaden Vallow. Man, what a night so far. Very impressive night. Rich Swan has been in the ring with Kenny Omega and the Moose in the past 12 months. This guy had no chance. He's, he's proven me wrong. He has proven me wrong. Oh, so close. Now, this is your first night here at Outlaw Wrestling. I would say you had to be impressed. The first match was a pre-show match, which started off as a stretcher match. Yes. This first match of the night called, Match Striker didn't show up, but you had a nice surprise of Justin Credible here tonight going one-on-one against the big action. One ECW legend called another ECW legend, and we we got a great surprise. It makes complete sense. Now, these... The crowd here at Queensbury is going crazy because this match is what they're saying. It is awesome. Again, you wouldn't think it would be. You, fi- you figured uh, Rishwan had this in the bag, but uh, this you know, guy. Brother, early on when you saw the entrance of Rich Swan versus Jaden Vallow, you immediately put all your money in on Rich Swan. Springboard, springboard cutter. That's it. Could it be over? Referee here, Giuseppe, calling the action. Now, this must be a privilege for Giuseppe. Calling the match right down the middle for Rich Swan, a former world champion in Impact Wrestling. Again, that springboard corner put a lot of them in the way. There we go. Rich Swan, moving on. You don't get up after that. No, nobody else has. The crowd is on their feet. Oh, yes, we are. What a match, wow, though. What a match. What a match. Talk about making a name for yourself. Jaden made a name for himself here tonight. A lot of impressive. He earned the respect of a lot of the people here who counted him out. He went 
toe-to-toe -to -toe with Rich Swan. For the beginning of the bout, it was all Jaden Vallo. Yeah, surprising. Very surprised. I think a lot of people here are surprised by the effort put in by Jaden Vallo. Jaden is someone that you will see in the upcoming years and many other matches down the line. This is not the last you have seen from these kids. He is outlaw through and through. These two guys earn the respect of each other as they get up to shake each other's hand in the middle of this ring. Wow. Great, great sign of sportsmanship. Amazing. Jaden Vallow has won the crowd over here tonight. But like Patrick from the Bullies said, Rich Swan is advancing on this tournament. Is he one of your favorites in the Outlaw Championship tournament? How can he not be? Again, former world champion. Been in the ring with Kenny Omega and Moose within months. Rich Swan, top 10 PWI. Unlike Mark Schwann, I respect the fact. <laughs> I think he deserves it, and well done, Mark. Uh, Michael J. Buddy, the night is still young. You cannot forget names like Mercedes Martinez, who is in the tournament. Names like Homicide, who are in the tournament. Names or like Weston Blake, former NXT superstar. And there are many more surprises that I'm sure we're ahead here at Outlaw Wrestling. <laughs> Amen! All right, everybody. We, the crowd has calmed down a little bit because Enzo Amore just crashed the party at Outlaw Wrestling. Now, normally I'll be joined here with Michael J. Putty, but I got Steve from the Bullies. Hey, what's up, bold Steve here from the Boulevard Bullies. How's it going? Oh, my God. Could you believe, out of all people, that Enzo Amore... I couldn't just believe it. The party. I couldn't believe it. You know, it's like, it, I wonder how much he got paid for just a promo. He didn't get, the, he didn't do a match. That's probably five times as much. Five times as much. But that was crazy. How you doing? You can't teach that. You can't, you can't, teach, teach, you can't that. teach that. Now let's catch everybody up because holy shit, we are live at Outlaw Wrestling. This night has been full of surprises. It started off with a surprise from Just Incredible. Yeah. This is the big action. Prince Nana came out to crown Mike Verna as the new crown prince here the at King Outlaw. King of Queens, as Enzo More said, the King of Queens, when he finally realized it was Queens. <laughs> key, key thing here, the name of the venue is Queens Brewery. Queens Brewery. We understand that we're on the border of Ridgewood and Bushwick, but still know your crowd, understand you're in Queens. What worked on the Barclays won't work here. That had to be one of the cringiest promos I've ever seen. That promo was more shocking than the fact of him being here. And that's what's beautiful about wrestling. Was it a work? Did he fuck up? Did he roll with it? It doesn't matter. The, blur, the lines are blurred. Lines, <laughs> are, lines are always blurred. Maybe it's crack. Maybe it's Maybelline. Who knows? <laughs> We're here with the fans of Outlaw Wrestling, and what we're talking about is this promo that Enzo just cashed in on, on the Outlaw audience because he, it was nice. he thought he was in Brooklyn. Yeah. I honestly think, I mean, the show was originally supposed to originate from Brooklyn, yeah, yeah. Mount Carmel, yep, yep, Williamsburg, yep. Brooklyn. Yeah, but, exactly. So he was probably on the ticket, like, in secret when it was still Brooklyn, so, you know. He got his little his borders mixed up a little bit, but that's okay. But the match pre previous to it was it was a great entrance too because, you know, it was kind of like a it was like a match cut in half, not even a match cut in a, a fifth. Woo! And moving.
going on in the tournament tonight. Andre Moore advances in the Outlaw Championship Tournament. This is someone to keep an eye on. Yeah, definitely. That's great. I know, I got my eyes on his abs. <laughs> nice abs. Good abs, good abs. Woo! <laughs> and the bear is carrying out man bun mania across the threshold. I love it. What a night here at Outlaw, but... The fans were talking earlier about this promo that Enzo Amore cut. He didn't know he was in Brooklyn. He's in Queens at the Queens Brewery. Yeah. What a surprise. Definitely. Bob Steve, were you surprised? Oh, my God, yes. But I wanted to set the stage. You know, what that just happened before his appearance was Mike Verna versus Casanova Valentine, the Brooklyn, you know, the heartthrob. And it, we, it, they set it up like it was going to be a match. It was going to be awesome. Mike Verna did, like, a, I don't know the name of the move. Knocked him over the did Basically. A big, like, superplex super showing his strength. Exactly. Mike Verna did the superplex over his shoulder. Casanova hits the mat from six feet in the air. And Mike Verna gets the one, two, three. It was a huge. Within, like, a minute and a half, right? Many would say it was a squash match. Absolutely. Casanova Valentine, probably a fan favorite to win this tournament. Absolutely, absolutely. That's what made Enzo Murray's appearance so good because everyone was upset at that, and Mike Verna was gloating, gloating, gloating. Uh, he puts the robe on, and then that's during that whole hullabaloo is when Enzo comes out to drop his promo. That's what made it so good, really. Unbelievable. You never know what's going to happen at Outlaw Wrestling. We're halfway through the night. There was supposed to be an intermission. No, it didn't happen. Unbelievable. the crowd is hot. Unbelievable, really. We still have Mercedes Martinez coming out tonight. Indeed. We still have Homicide's match Woo! tonight. Two big fan favorites to Hell move yeah. on on the championship tournament. Steve, thank you so much for joining us. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Shot of Wrestling, sending it back to the studio. Boulevard Bullies. Holy shit. What did you think of your first Outlaw show? Pretty good. Very, very entertaining, and the crowd is just packed. Packed in this place. Diehard fans here at Outlaw Wrestling. Who would have thunk? The Queens Brewery literally, little by little, got completely packed. Really, standing really. room only. Outlaw Wrestling. This is what they do, providing great independent wrestling for the community of Queens, New York, Brooklyn, New York, the whole tri-state area. What was the match of the night? Oh, I would. That's a good question. All of them were really fucking good. What well, do you think about that, Michael J. What Putty? did Jaden Vaughn go against? Jaden Vallo, Vallo went against Rich Swan. Oh, yeah, there you go. What a competition. He definitely impressed you. Absolutely. Like, who's this, who this fucking punk? And let me say, right, was... we will have Jaden Vallo in a future segment of A Shot of Wrestling in our interviews coming soon. So stay tuned. A Shot of Wrestling on all forms of social media. We've seen a lot of friends, a lot, made a lot of new friends. We saw our friends from Turnbuckle Tabloid. Jay was here. That's right. I gotta say, what a way to finish the night. Homicide going over Weston Blake. Did you think that was going to happen? Yeah, I thought so. Wasn't really surprised. Homicide's a hometown guy. But you know, it's true what they say. Wrestling brings people together. And we look at this crowd here tonight. 
Now all like, eclectic group here. As they're tearing down the bring, we can't finish off the night with, without rehashing the fact that Enzo Amore crashed the party here at Outlaw. Yeah, but no one told him he wasn't in Queens and not in Brooklyn. No one told him about the, the, the venue shift. So it didn't go over too well here. Michael J. Putty, though, a squash match between Mike Verna. And he squashed Casanova Valentine. And then to have that surprise of Enzo Amore. I mean, the fans were electric. Let, let's speak to someone, someone right here. Richard. I know. I came in here tonight hailing myself from Williamsburg in Brooklyn. Big time Casanova Valentine fan. Love the guy. But there is no denying that his match versus Mike Vernon tonight was match of the night because as many phenomenal matches as there were tonight, not taking any credit away from anybody who was here tonight because every match was phenomenal. But nobody, nobody made a statement like Mike Vernon tonight. And it's as a Casanova Valentine fan, I'm selling you right now, there's no way you can argue against it. That man showed up. He made a statement. And he, frankly, may have just made himself number one contender in this tournament to win that title. Well said. We, we have a longtime indie wrestling fan right here. Oh, yes, Mike. sir. You know, you, know him, you know him as Mittens. Yes, sir. Match of the night. Match of the night? Oh, man. I think that main event tore the house down. Weston Blake and Homicide. Pretty much a clinic the whole entire match. You know, started off slow, but then the pace picked up there at the end. But, you know, like like the whole vibe in here, you know, Outlaws always doing it big. After a year and a half hiatus, they're finally back running shows in New York City. And like Pat said in the beginning of the show, that they didn't go running to New Jersey. I mean, even though, New, <laughs> in my personal opinion, New Jersey's a little better because they have no commission. You can do any type of fuckery, but... They stood true to their word and never went to Jersey and stayed solely New York. The big news of the night is that there were many surprises here at Outlaw. Just oh, yeah. incredible surprises at the beginning of the night. But the biggest surprise, Enzo Amore. What did you think about that? Enzo? I mean, Enzo is Enzo. He's controversial and everything. But you know what? The one thing I got to say about Enzo, man, he gets a pop no matter what. He, he's a name. He's a goddamn name out there. Like, I know so many. Even, even I could be a little harsh on Enzo, but at the end of the day, his charisma is undeniable, and that's why he gets bookings on these shows, and that's why he was put out there. Oh, you know another thing, too? There was another surprise on there, too. Holy. Prince Nana with Mike Verna. Holy shit. Yeah. The heel turn of the century. Turn of the Pretty century. boy. Man of Seal, Mike Verna, turning honest, on the crowd. I loved every second oh. of it. I'm an old school fan, so I appreciate the fuck out of Prince Nana. Craziness happening at Outlaw Wrestling. This is the first night of their championship tournament. If you had a, if you had a favorite, who's going to take it all the way? Who would you pick? Oh, man. Too many good ones. He's thinking, he's thinking, he's thinking really hard. I'm going to give him some time. Michael J. Putty, the question's going to come on to you next. Bro, honest truth, bro, you know the New York scene for a long time? You know there's one of one king of New York. There's one king of New York. He was just in the main event we just talked about. 
I think the fucking king of New York homicide is going to take that shit. Mikey Mittens here, calling it as it is. The king of New York homicide going all the way. Michael J. Putty, who's your pick to take it all? Man of Steel, Mike Verna. Oh. Mike Verna is my second pick, actually. Can we see them in the finals? I know the bracket. Mike Verna versus Homicide. I'm with Putty right here. I would love Mike Verna and Homicide in the finals. That would be the ultimate finals for the first ever Outlaw champion. Well, we got many more nights here to come. November 18th, we return to Queens Brewery. That's the second round, right? Well, November 4th, we're going to be in Bayshore for night two. November 3rd, we're going to be crowning a champion here in Queens, New York. Michael J. Putty, your first Outlaw wrestling show. What do you think about it, buddy? Very good. Very good. Very entertaining. All right. Mark Schwann, we're going to send it back to you in the studio.